This is the Joshuaville Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, gives you fresh insight, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Um, like I said, it's God that sent me. When I told someone yesterday that um, I was coming to speak here, the person said, ah, how many things do you want to say? Lala, I won't look at you. <laughs> it's not Lala. <laughs> the person said, how many things? That I should just come and tell you people that you see what is happening in marriage. If you like, open your eyes and enter it like that. <laughs> that you will see. <laughs> I don't want us to see. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, one of the first things God wanted me to tell you. Who can guess? Ah, say it loud and clear. Yes, absolutely. And see, he has already shown us a sign that all the things he said, they are yes and amen. Okay? And he said, I should tell you that he loves you. He loves you. God loves you. I wish I could call your names one by one. God loves you. See, he loves you more than you love yourself. Do you understand? He loves you. And he 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 hurts when you hurt for those of you that have children you understand he hurts when we hurt so this marriage thing that is hurting people God is hurt and he wants to save us just like the same way he didn't leave the Israelites to die in Egypt he will not allow you die in a bad marriage. He will save you. He will not allow you enter a bad marriage. He will save you. He will not allow your marriage to turn into a bad marriage. He will save you. Yeah? Okay. So let's celebrate God. Please celebrate Him. Okay. Um, one of the things that happened to me recently was there was this evening it was actually almost throughout the whole day i got very easily seven different calls from marriages that are suffering by the time each of those calls i was finished with them i started to weep like a baby it was too much people suffering abuse in some cases they are even separated and they are still hurting each other. In some cases, they feel like, how did I marry this person? What was I thinking? These are real life people who made real life calls to me. Some of my team members are my witness. I had to ask them to pray for me that night. The next morning, it was too much. And imagine if I could cry. Please try and imagine what God feels. Especially because he created marriage. And he wants it to work for you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. So today I, I, I prophesy that there, no mindset will hold you back. What you will hear today will set you free. What you will hear today will, will give you a chance. For those of you that are so afraid of marriage by now. No more fear. No more fear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I have scripture up, please? Hosea 2, 16 to 23. No, 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 no. Just 16. You guys, notice the way I quickly pronounced it so that you won't notice my pronunciation. <laughs> In case. Yeah. Okay. Please um, give us the message version. Great. So I'll read from here, though. At that time, this is God's message still. You will address me as dear husband. Never again will you address me, my slave master. I'll wash your mouth out, of, out with soap. Get rid of all the dirty false God names. Not so much as a whisper 
of those names again. At the same time, I'll make a peace treaty between you and wild animals and birds and reptiles and get rid of all weapons of war. Think of it. Safe from beasts and bullies. Please notice the word bullies. And then I'll marry you for good. I want you to keep it there. I'll marry you for good forever. I'll marry you true and prosper in love and tenderness. Yes, I'll marry you and neither leave you nor let you go. You know me, God, for who I really am. This is the picture that God in, had in mind when he created marriage. He said that he would be our husband forever. Imagine if God broke his covenant. That would be heartbreaking. So God had a forever in mind when he created marriage. He had, I will never leave you, not forsake you in mind when he created marriage. Then you know what he said last? He said, you will know me, God, for who I really am. So it's not just that we'll marry, we will be intimate. You will get to know me, I will get to know you. Do you understand? I'm just painting the picture because what has happened, why marriage has failed so badly is because we don't understand it. We don't understand it the way the creator made it, what it's meant to be. The more you understand it, the more you will benefit from it. So I decree that no one shall lack understanding today in Jesus' name. Amen. Marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant between two people. There is no marriage in heaven. So it's a covenant for here. In heaven, we only have one husband. He said he's going to, in Revelation, he says he's going to marry us, the church. One husband, one wife. Jesus, the church. One husband, one wife. Jesus, the church. And the way he intended for us to cut this covenant, you know, a covenant is cut by blood. The way he intended for us to cut the covenant is when you sleep with each other, man and woman, because there's supposed to be an exchange of blood when you break the virginity of a woman. That was God's original intent. So you will see throughout the book of Genesis, they will say, and he went into her. They are speaking. <laughs> what they meant is, what they mean is, and he slept with her and she became his wife that was how you became somebody's wife and he slept with her and she became his wife and he slept with her and he became her husband and that's why it's it's dangerous to think that it's okay to fornicate you are cutting covenant all over the place god has wisdom <laughs> god is wise you know how we know <laughs> in the garden of eden we thought it was over man fell <laughs> but god had a redemption plan he's wise you can trust him guys he's all wise so when he gives us a template when he when he shows us how it should be even the things that he said do not do it's because of his love when I tell my child, don't touch electricity. <laughs> Why? It's because I love my child. I know electricity is bad for you. When you touch electricity, does it remove from God? When you sin, does it remove from God? Does it make him not God? It's about you. It's about you. And that's why, let's make it straight once and for all. You cannot have a marriage between two men because the intent, the intent of the maker of marriage is that you will cut blood covenant. Two men cannot cut blood covenant. So don't let the enemy lie to you. See, God said he's going to break strongholds. So as I'm speaking to you, it is power. It is life. It is spirit. It's going to break strongholds. It's going to break mindsets in the name of Jesus. Amen. So don't let anybody lie to you. If you have those feelings, see somebody. Speak to somebody. Speak to your pastor. It's a lie. It's a lie. Now, unfortunately, the marriages we see today, you know, the title is um, A Forever Bond, Making Marriage Work. 
unfortunately, a lot of the marriages we see today are not working. I almost feel like asking someone, do we have a second mic? What does it mean for marriage to work? Because maybe we don't even know. It is very possible. Can someone give it a shot? A bold, strong man or woman. Give it a shot. Someone is already... Who? Give it... Okay. Uh-huh. This is what is not good. I think the last time I came, I kind of yapped the person that answered the question. Oh yeah, I won't, I won't say anything bad today. I will tell them to give you a round of applause, no matter what. <laughs> oh yeah, please just answer. We'll give you a round of applause to start with. Tell us what it means for marriage to be working. Meanwhile, I read the letter that invited me. They didn't give me time. <laughs> uh, who's telling us? You guys, remember the deal. Once the person speaks, just give them a round of applause. Nobody is speaking. What does it mean for a marriage to be working? See, he's bracing himself. Oh, he's not the one answering. Ah, nobody can answer. This is the... Pri- ah, yeah. You're going to try. Okay, give it a shot. I think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that if, if a marriage is working, when two people man and woman who have come into agreement to be together understand the terms of the agreement Mm -hmm. within the confines of the covenant of marriage as god intended Mm -hmm. and are and 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 they both they both work in within those parameters with the covenant the agreement and the terms to each other let's give a round of applause Let's not say why we are giving. Let's just give her a round of applause. <laughs> okay, Pastor Lala, you gave us bankable international answer. Hey, oh, what complicated. Thank you. Thank you, though. I, I totally get what you're saying. Okay. Let me move on. So there are three things that God is saying to us today to make your marriage work three things if you don't remember all the other things just remember those three things he said to make your marriage work you have to marry the right person that's like 50 percent start by marrying the right person and I, i think you know already from the people that have spoken ahead that that right person is not necessarily one person but you must marry someone that god goes with you in the journey number two He says you must have the right expectations of marriage. And number three, you must have the right reactions when things begin to happen in the marriage. When I went through the seven calls I said I got that day, I could put them into each of these categories. In some cases, it was that, hi, this person has entered one chance. In some cases, it was that ah, your expectations of marriage, they don't match what they should be. In some cases, it was that ah, all of us are going through these things. It's your reaction that is the problem. Very simple and straightforward. Um, I I need you us to put up a strict scripture. I'm going to read it very fast so that you see that this thing has been a a long time. 1 Samuel 25, 1-2. I'll read to the end. Please excuse my using reading for so long because I can speak a thousand words, but the word of God, just one bullet, <laughs> will deliver you. Boom. And that's what I'm, um, I expect, and my expectation will not be cut off in Jesus' name. This one I have to read. So I need you to help me because I don't want to take too much time. Please just follow me. And Samuel died and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. 
And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great. <laughs> and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. This man was very rich. He's the kind of person that if he comes to toast you today, you say, hey, I don't, I don't get it. You, are, you have jammed. Yeah? Move on. No, don't show me. Just leave it on the scripture. Now, the name of the man is in Nabal. And the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. Some other version says that she was very intelligent and that she was wise. <laughs> then he says, but the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. Are you not wondering, how did these two people jam? They said one, beautiful, intelligent, wise, and then... What do we see? She married who? Someone that they said is a foolish man. Even the meaning of Nabal is fool. You go and marry a fool. You're a correct girl. Oh. Church girl. We know you were expecting the best for you. But you marry a fool. What do we do? And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did share his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. You got to move fast, please. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David, and seized and Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? <laughs> and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. See how he's disdaining David. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my sharers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those things. It's not moving fast enough, so I'm going to paraphrase the story for you. So basically, David sent his servants to Nabal, asking that, look, can I have this and this and that? And Nabal's servants, they said to Nabal that, look, let's give this guy. Because they, they, they had a testimony that David had been good to Nabal and his own servants in the past. But Nabal said no. And he disdained David. And by the time the servants went to tell David what Nabal said, David planned that that very day, <laughs> Nabal and his whole family, he was going to wipe them out. But one servant <laughs> went, to meet, <laughs> went to meet Abigail and said, <laughs> come and see what happened. He said what happened. And then guess what? <laughs> she said, he said to her that, you know your husband is a fool. Can you imagine a servant telling you that today? That, <laughs> that means that he was a fool that everybody knew was a fool. You know that your husband is a fool. And <laughs> this and this is what happened. Please do something about it. Now for the servant to go and meet her, it means that even she was known as a wise woman. She was known as a problem solver. Yeah? And the, the servant went to meet her. And indeed, the Bible records that she took up, she took goods. She, she, she clearly had money. She was clearly independent, money-wise. We'll come back to that. Yes. <laughs> so, so she took money and she went to see David. And she respected David. She said, David, ah, I know you. You that, are you not the one that the sing, uh, singers were saying that you're going to be king? She knew, so you can tell that she, she knew David and she knew his God. That means she was a Christian. And Nabal did not recognize, Nabal said, who is David? Their values, very separate. Very, very separate. And then she went to David and she said, please forgive us forgive all of us then she even to show you her level of wisdom she even told david that i would actually save you from having the blood of a man in your hand because if you kill my husband and kill us you will have blood ah and david thought this woman oh my god 
you are, you are wise. So he took note of her that day. He took note of her. The next thing, the Bible records that God himself killed Nabal. And then when he died and David heard, David took Abigail as his wife. Because uh -uh, he remembers that woman. Oh my God. So can you see that she was just, she was, <laughs> oh, this is the problem of having your friends here. <laughs> Somebody wants to be serious and preaching. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> David, David took her as his wife. Now, do you know that Abigail, do you believe that she had enough grounds for divorce? She had enough grounds for divorce. Abigail, she was married to a fool that everybody knew was a fool. So nobody will question her. But she clearly had a value. She clearly had a value that she understood. She was clearly serving somebody else, not her husband. She was clearly serving somebody else, not her, in that marriage. Because if she was serving herself, she would save herself. And her. when she heard, she would just carry her children. Let's get her out here. So if you marry, serving yourself, you say, I want to marry him because he has money. So he will be giving me money. If you marry, serving, whatever reason it is that you think a man or a woman would do for you, you will get that reward. Abigail got her own reward. Do you know that when she met David, David was not yet king. She, he was not yet king. But she would have become a queen. Why? Because she did not take the easy way out. Because she did not say that, look. Now, I'm not saying that <laughs> there are no situations. I mean, I've established that. I believe I did that the last time I came. That, look, there are circumstances where your life is in danger, your health is in danger, you better live. But I am saying that between you, between God, between the man, between the woman, you really know what's going on. And you know if you are taking the shortcut out. And you know if you decide to stay because there is something God has said to you. Now, what is it that makes us say we want to marry because of money? Because you know we celebrate when a woman jams a guy that has money. It's not that it's not good, though. It's good, though. But you know what you're saying? You're saying that this guy is my source. And let me show you a scripture that is dangerous if you say that. Jeremiah 17.5. Jeremiah 17.5, NLT. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. If you think that it is a man or a woman that will be your source, therefore let me marry. I've met a couple before. By the time I finished with them, I could tell that one, he married her. No, she married him because he was famous. And she, she kind of wanted part of that fame. And then the other way around, he married her because he knew that if not for fame, he could never get this kind of girl. And then they are having problems. Now, Abigail has an excuse. Because in those days, they probably arranged marriages. What is our own excuse? Nobody is forcing you to marry anybody. You can see the red flags all over the place. You can see that this guy, I always say, my mom would say, if a guy will call you an idiot, and he means it, he will beat you one day. So you are seeing it now. God is telling you, break it off. I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to be one of those people that made the calls to Pastor Toyin. I, I, Father, I ask that you grant grace to break off anything that needs to be broken off today. You can break it up today. Today, today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Another reason why we fall for this, apart from the fact that we don't trust God, is that we don't know who we are. Yeah. Ah, you don't know who you are. Hey, look, I read a book recently by Sister Jumoke Adenor. It's called Woman as God Intended. She explained how, you know, that Mary, <laughs> it was God's sperm that mixed with her eggs that made Jesus. You guys are looking blank. 
How did you think Jesus was made? They say abracadabra, Jesus into the womb. No. If he was that, then they didn't need Mary. Yeah. So it was God, and that's why we say that we are God's seed. I am God's seed. The moment I started understanding that, ah, things are beginning to change. I'm getting there. That I am God's seed. If you are God's seed, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has all the resources at his disposal, why do I have to marry to someone because he will give me money or because he will give me something? Because, oh, she will give you sex. Let me tell you, that sex that you are looking for, she might not even give it. I moye the people that call me and say, we've not had sex in a year. Yes! We've not had sex in one year. We've not had sex in six months. And I'm thinking, I see them. I see them arrive at, at, at functions. And they look okay. Everybody looks okay. But so everyone and I were talking recently that, look, we are not being vulnerable. Everybody paints the lovely pictures. Woohoo! It is not beans. It is not. What will make a man and a woman live in the same house and not be having sex? too many issues it's because you don't know who you are today God told me to let you know that you are his daughter you are his son he's got your back he's a responsible father he's a father that knows his duty you will never lack you know with um, that confession he says that you 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 are you have a covenant with the blessing the same covenant that Abraham has that means you're gonna prosper you know there was a time I was worried hey I think Pastor Kola knows when I was worried that what do I invest in? Hey, Kineko, Kineko, until God showed me that Omo, anything you do will prosper. Anything you do will prosper because you have that covenant. Are you a tither? Look, me, if they say tomorrow that tithe is not compulsory, Kineko, I will still tithe because I want to cut covenant with the God of Abraham. Do you understand? Praise God. I have a popular thing I say that you can never do better for yourself than God can do for you. I'm not going to take too much time in this area because I know you're going to treat this next week. I have to go into marriage um, itself, but I just thought it was important for you. So if you're afraid, Holy Spirit is saying that you're afraid. That's why. You're afraid. You're afraid that what happened to your mom, what happened to your dad, what happened to you. And he has come to tell you today, don't be afraid. I have got you. You don't have to marry that woman. You don't have to marry that man. I have got you. Wait for it. Okay? And I always say to people, look, when I married my husband, I liked my husband. Or I liked him. He looked good, all that. But I, one thing, I was not going to marry him if God was not going with me on the journey. I was not. Why? Because I can't see the future. I can't see. I don't know what it lies ahead. But God sees. He has bird's eye view. He can see everything. He can see maybe if you go that way, you, you will get caught. If you go that way, it leads to death. The people having problems now, God saw it already. So if you hook up with him, and let me clear this. Don't look for your pastor's approval. Your pastor's approval is not what's going to save you in marriage. What you need is God. What you need is to know that you know that you know that God is with me as I take this journey. And whatever it takes, do it. If you need your pastor's support, great. But whatever it takes, do it. Because see, all of us that we say, you know that Instagram, eh, hey, yeah, oh, uh -huh, that's the one. Oh, when you're getting married to the person. We are the same people that will say, hey, yeah, when things go wrong. We are not inside there. Me, I'm inside my marriage. So if you think I'm the one that is going to tell you, yes, marry this guy. No. Because uh, myself, I know the Sifa is God. Even today, for him, I, I had faith that he would be me, but I asked him to show me something. And he did. Ask him, dare to ask. 
when, when I was going to get married to my husband, I said that, ah, <laughs> that God, I, I told my husband to give me three weeks that I was going away. And that during that period, I would pray and decide. And I thought it was going to take, you know, for a long time that I would carry my shekere. Within two, three days, God spoke. Imagine if I did not try that. God will speak. Jeremiah 18, 6. He says, house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Said the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. You can trust God. Allow him to lead you. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, don't look for shortcuts. Matthew 7, 13 to 14, message version. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life. You know, I wanted to show you guys. Let's say a successful life is there. Timmy, is that you? Who's standing there? The, the gentleman in blue. A successful life. <laughs> hey, Timmy, go and take your success. <laughs> a success, that's what it, it's like. I'm going to need help. Yes, please come. So, a successful life is there, right? Hmm. But, so, which way should you go? No, you can stay there for now. Which way should you go? Which way does it look like you should go for a success? <laughs> Just go straight now. Uh -uh. <laughs> please, please. No, but, but wait, but wait. God says, come back. Come, come, come. That's not the way. He says, go like this, and you are confused. Uh -uh. God, successful life is there. This man is rich. Even if he beats me, I will use Panadol. Then I can enter plane every. I can have life of luxury. Ah, God. And he say, no, my daughter, go this way. Keep going. Then he says, go that way. Darling, go that way. And you are thinking, ah, <laughs> I'm finished. All my friends are married. Look at successful life here. They are saying I should go that way. But guess what? He then says, turn this way. Come this way. I like the way you are walking majestically towards your success. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then she goes that way. Then she thinks that she's almost there. Hey, Egbamil. Then God says, turn that way again. Let me tell you what is happening. It's in the book of James. He says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. That sometimes you will go through hard times. Sometimes you won't marry when your friends are marrying. Yeah? But God's got your back. He said, I'm a responsible father. It is my duty to take care of you. You know? <laughs> Sister Jumoke explained it like this. She said, when you have an orphan that you are helping, you know you are helping the orphan. It's not your duty. So people will even praise you that, oh, you are helping this orphan. But when you have a child, nobody will praise you for helping your child. God is saying that you are my child. You are my child. I will sort you out. Please go on into your success. And go on. Are you guys married? And so, uh, go to your success, Jo. She's not married. He's not married. <laughs> oh, yeah, Timmy, do the needful. Take her into success. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, I'm going to move very quickly. So, we're, we're done with the first one. Marry the right person. I think God has touched whoever needs to be touched with that now number two is <laughs> is pastor t saying he's going to pastor t welcome sir the lord bless you please let's give pastor t a round of applause god bless you sir thank you for always having me come back every year it's it's, it's an honor god bless you um so the second one is to have the right expectation. So what is causing problem is that we have the wrong expectation. Some, wait, Pastor Mfon is not here. Somebody told me. He's there. Where, hey, go Pastor Mfon. Someone told me that one of the things that saved her in marriage is that Pastor Mfon told her, lower your expectation. That sounds like a bad thing. That, ah, how will I lower my... But I knew exactly what he meant. And I would explain. 
we have the wrong expectations, especially in this area of roles and responsibilities. Especially in the area of roles and responsibility. We have this, this is what the man should be. This is what the woman should be. And once it is not that, we, we get jittery. We're not happy. We're, we're, we're not satisfied. But let me show you. Let me show you scripture. Because well, I don't have, I have experience. But my experience is not as good as the word of God. Yeah? So Ephesians 5. Please open it for me. Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. Hmm. Message version. I love it when I read this scripture. Because that's where we should go to now. What does the Bible say a husband is? What does the Bible say a wife is? And you do. Me is that message? Oh, really? 21 to 33. Did I say five? Out of respect for Christ, be cautiously reverent to one another. Eek. What I have here says, wives, understand and support your husband. Maybe it's TPT. Verse 2. Okay, let's go there. 22. Oh, thank you. Ah, and more Bible. Clap for yourself, Tony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's go. Wives, understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership. Please, can we say leadership? See, this, this matter of leadership, hey, if you can do it, your marriage will be successful. I can tell you. If you've married the right person first too, because when you imagine how would Nabal have uh, led her now? <laughs> so I can't help you if you have gotten that one wrong. So this is no issue. I know most of you are still single, right? Uh, hey, that's why I, I, I spent time there. He says, husband provides leadership. What does a leader do? A leader motivates. A leader serves. A leader, you, um, by the time, let me just tell you guys, by the time you find yourself saying in your house, I am the leader of this house, you are not the leader. You are not the leader. By the time you have to say, I'm the leader of this house, and you must submit me to it, you are not the leader. Leaders don't need to do that. Leaders, they serve you like Christ served the church. They give up for you. Such that it compels you to submit. It compels you to give something in return for that leadership. In my organization, I had two friends. While me, I'm complaining about my work and all that. They were always joyous. So one day I had to call them. What's going on here? You know what they told me? They said it's a function of their leader. They said that he would do anything to sort them out. So they are also ready to do anything to make him look good. So they will close late. Not because he said, you must close late. I am the leader. But because they know he's got their backs. And they've seen him time and number doing things that is for them, not about him. Do you understand? And he says, the way Christ does to his church not by domineering but by cherishing ah do you cherish your wife do you cherish your wife who's married here do you cherish your wife pk i think you do but we should ask how you know instagram you have to see the real deal but i think i trust you do you cherish your wife you do hmm. we should ask her does she have to remind you of things that you should do? Because Jesus, he said that his mercy towards me, they are new every morning. Just because he did something for me yesterday, does not mean he will not do something today. Yes, they are new every morning. What fresh mercies are you distributing to your wife on a daily basis? So that God will say, yes, this is reflecting me. Look, men, I'm sorry I have to call you out. Many of the marriages that call me on the phone is, is the man not showing leadership. Many. You have a situation where the man is abusing his wife and he, you know what he tells me? It's because of how she's acting. Is that how Jesus throws me away? Because of how I'm acting? 
You say that, oh, because she's like this, I don't find her attractive again. Are you a man? Are you a leader? Are you the seed of God? Because if you are the seed of God, you, are, you have his DNA. You have exactly what he has. And remember I used the word bully earlier. We saw it in scriptures. That God wants to take us out of bullying. Many men, I'm sorry to say, are bullying their wives. Yeah. With this authority and submission thingy. A wife explained to me, she said that she has to do a certain style of sex, even though she hates it. And that her husband said, in submission to him, because he's the leader. Ah. Jesus said, did not force me to give my life to him. He showed me leadership by dying for me. Then I'm the one that said, ah, this love, this love that he died for me. I just have to submit to him. Look, I was telling them that we're going to have a conference for men. Come, let us reason together. Come, men, let us reason together. Why does it take you so much to celebrate your wife? Why does it take you so much? And that is why, because women... <laughs> I love the way Dr. Mazro put it. He said that, look, women, we love affection. Sometimes I'll sit down beside my husband and I'm thinking, why doesn't he know that it's time to hug me now? Laying after 15 years of marriage. Yes! My husband is a good man, don't worry. But women, we want affection. We want you to show us, you know, that song that said, miracles on miracles. One, two, three. I can't even count them all. Let me be counting the things that my husband is doing for me. Let me just be counting it. Look, husband, if you are like that, your marriage will work. Your wife will, will submit to you. Anything you want, she'll say, yes, that's what she wants. Let me give you a story. There was a, a, a lady, she told me that usually during Christmas, she has to go to the village and that usually her maids, they would have gone by then. So she's really suffering with her husband in the village. But that one December, she called them. She said, you know what? Um, I was thinking I will give you, she called some big, big amounts of money <laughs> that she will give each of them. That, but that if you have to go, you can go. <laughs> All of them said, <laughs> Madam, your plan is our plan. <laughs> that you will give me. She said she took her salary for one month. She distributed it amongst her staff. Then nobody could say no. Look, there is a way you will love your wife. She will respond. She will respond. That is how it's meant to be. And I'm not saying it from my own point of view. I actually saw it in scripture. Let me look for the scripture quickly. And I'm, uh, time is ticking. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. It says, the love of Christ is a compelling love. It compels you. The day you came to say, I give my life to Christ. What? Who forced you? Nobody forced you. It compels submission. Voluntarily. Everybody say voluntarily. Submission is voluntary. So don't go and tell your wife that she must do this and she must do that. I'm not saying don't submit to your husband, please. I've submitted to my husband and I've seen the benefit. But I'm saying, husband, compel me. Don't quote the scriptures when you are not doing your part. I've seen situations where a man will say his wife is not allowed to use the car. Or he will seize the car keys when they are fighting. I've seen situations where the man will insist that, oh, I'm just friends with that lady. You are bullying your wife. If your wife is uncomfortable with it, perhaps you should do something. I always tell couples, listen to your spouse. 
don't assume that oh she's nagging oh he's nagging listen you didn't marry a madman except for Abigail sorry <laughs> if you know you didn't marry a madman listen you didn't marry a mad woman listen if she's nagging there's something and why don't you change that something listen understand why she's feeling like that and i always say the stance a woman takes and the stance the man takes they are both valid and that's why communication is key key in a marriage we have to say why i feel like this and how i think you can help me not to feel like this if we don't have that conversation nothing will happen we will just be hurting each other we're good people but we'll be hurting each other There's something that my husband told me that, well, from my memory, he said that, oh, I couldn't do it. I'm trying to be vulnerable with you, not coming to paint um, yellow, black, and red pictures only. And he pained me. He pained me that, how can he say I can't do this? But I knew that I had to submit to him. And I, and I, and I told God that, okay, God, please speak to him. And when I said that prayer, you know what I thought? I thought that by next week, he will come and say, God has spoken. Let's go. Week one. And my husband can be trusted. He will not say God has not spoken. If God has spoken to him, he will say. Week one. Week two. Year one, guys. And God said that I just have to wait. It was not funny. But miraculously... He didn't put a strain in our marriage. That one is a miracle. I don't know. I don't know maybe it's maturity or maybe it's love. I don't know. God, I'm just grateful. Because we were, we just agreed to what? To disagree on that matter. But we were having fun in other things. And then, God told me it was time to go back to him again. And do you know what my husband said? He said he didn't remember that he said that. Can you imagine? Only God. You can trust God. It was hard for me. I had to speak to people. It was hard. But today, he doesn't even remember saying that. And he's wondering, that where did I get that from? And I know that it's God. And I know that it's time. That's why. Imagine if I said, hey, hey, hey. And I allow my marriage to scatter because of what? And then when your marriage scatters, it's a bit harder, let's face it, to counsel other people. It shouldn't be because if God sent me, he sent me, sorry you. Yes. Ah, yes now. If God sent me, he sent me. Whether my marriage scatters, whether it's good. If he said I should do this, I have to do it. I'll say sorry you. He didn't really want me, but this is what the Lord said. Ah. What? I'm not under any pressure. I'm not under any pressure. Praise God. So men, you, you, you have to be the leader. You have to be the provider. That's who you are. And provision goes beyond money. Provision means you provide support. It means that you see me struggling, juggling things. And you say, come, let me take this one. Provision means that you... you you know, Christ gave his life for the church. Provision means that you give up things for your family. That means that you like that latest TV and you have the money. But your family needs something. Ah, I know it's not easy. And you give it. That is provision. It wasn't convenient for Christ to die for us so. For him to have said that God will, if this thing can pass over me, you can tell that co-convenience. Co -co. But he did it. What are you giving up for your spouse? What are you giving up for your husband? What are you giving up for your wife? I think I've spoken enough about roles, responsibilities, but one thing I want to say, and I cannot overstate. it, I know the world says, everybody says it, but it's because it's true. Communication 
is too important. Should I tell you why? Because you have to tell someone how you feel. They say instead of abusing the person, say that thing you did, this is how it makes me feel. I'm not saying you intend... The, the thing is that when we don't intend bad, we think that the person's complaint is not valid. Your intent is not good enough. How is the person receiving it? So yes, you intend to be great to your husband. You intend to be great to your wife. But if he's complaining about something, if she's complaining about something, you've got to find out why. Why is he feeling this way? Why is she feeling this way? And when you exchange that conversation and you're able to say that, if you did more of this, I would feel, you know, different. Then you're communicating. And I always tell people that when you're communicating, always start with good, positive. If, I, if you just go and meet your wife and say, I don't like when you do, I don't like that you don't sleep with me. I don't like that even when I want to have sex, every time you say that you're tired, blah, blah, blah. You've lost her. You have. What you need to do is praise her first. Praise her for the things that she's doing well. Tell her that I like that you do this for me. I love that you do that. And then I wish you would do this. Then you will get a better response. Please don't ignore your spouse. Don't think because you are doing your best. That they should be fine. Your best to your own intent is really your best. But maybe you just need to find out what they like better than your best. <laughs> hmm. Moving on very quickly. Yeah, God wanted me to show you this. Before we go to the third point and we'll round up. 1 Corinthians 7.3. Message version, please. 1 Corinthians 7.3. Are we there? Should I say it in Yoruba? Corinthians. Okay. Thank you. Um, is this message? Okay. Let's, let's go up to two. Let me see two. Okay. Let's go to one. Could it be TPT version? Because I need you to see it. Three. Let's see three. No. Let me read it from here and then you can find the version for me. It says, sexual drives are strong. But marriage is strong enough to contain them. Two. Thank you. So put it up while I read. Verse two, please. Okay. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. See, I want to let us lay it down. You know, the world tells you that one woman will not be enough for you. The maker of sex says one woman is enough for you he says that marriage is strong enough to contain your sexual drive don't let what other men are doing don't let what the world is saying that look ah, it gets boring or whatever that is just worldly chat the person who created sex he said, I designed it in a way that sex inside marriage is enough. So infidelity, you have no excuse. You know, it breaks my heart when a woman calls me and says, my husband, infidelity. It breaks my heart when a man says, my wife, infidelity. Because sometimes I don't know where to start. It is one hard thing to get over so don't go there and besides you are exposing your family to crazy things 
you are cutting covenant with another woman. You don't even know who she is or what she can do. Let me tell you, when you see all these nice wigs and can you, you don't know <laughs> that the person has a pot in the night that they say, when he looks at me, let him just follow me. So guess what? Your children's school fees, you give it to her. Guys, infidelity must stop, especially in the church. Because our maker, the maker of sex, he said, marriage is enough. And let me explain further. I'm reading still the scripture. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife. The wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Like that guy said that, my rights, I'm the leader. Oh yeah, open it like that, like this, and you must do it. No, marriage is a decision to serve the other whether in bed or out of bed let me tell you sex is a way of communicating and that's why a lot of women you'll find out they say they don't want to because what you are communicating to them is not what they want when you just get on and go what you're saying is that I, I can't be bothered I know my husband might be shy when I say this but I have to say it. The best sex that I've ever had with my husband, and by the way, he's the only one that I've had sex with, is the day that I didn't get promoted at work. And I came home and I was crying and I was sad. And the way he had sex with me was like he was saying to me, they don't value you, but I value you. I value you. You've got to communicate something when you're having sex with your wife. Because women, we are emotional. You'll see that she will always want that one that she says she's tired. And by the way, it's not only women that say they're tired. <laughs> a lot of men also say they. I've found where a man, many men will say they don't want to have sex per se. For different reasons too. But I can't get into everything today, sorry. And um, for those of you not having sex, please let me just say to you that have a conversation. God designed marriage so that you'll be having sex. It's been scientifically proven that there's some hormones that you discharge during sex that make you drawn to each other. So when you are not having it, you are not drawn to each other and you are missing out on that. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Colossians 3.19 And finally, God said that we have the wrong reaction to marriage. Everything that people come and complain to me about, even me, I've gone through it in my marriage. Is it finance? I have it. Is it what else? Maybe I don't have everything, but many things. Is it that, oh, he doesn't listen, oh, he doesn't do this. I have it we all have it but what is our reaction it is our reaction that is killing the marriage can you bring those those um, books just put the I wish it was higher so that the people at the back can see no put it okay maybe I should put it here that will help so everyone can see so let's assume this is your marriage right I'm gonna read a scripture Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. It doesn't say don't get angry. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Anger is an emotion. Many times in marriage, we allow emotions control us. The way you made me feel, then I get so upset and then I start misbehaving. The way he made me feel, I get so upset, I start misbehaving. And see what he says. 
Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. So what we see in this scripture is that there's a level you can get angry to. But there's a point where you cross a boundary. There's a level we can get upset to. But there's a point where you cross a boundary. And what is happening is that we're crossing boundaries anyhow in our marriages. And what the scripture says is that the last part, it says, nor give place to the devil. So every time you cross a boundary, you are, give, you are saying, Satan, come, who's going to act as Satan? Oh yeah, you, you are wearing black. <laughs> Don't worry, he's an angel. But just for a second. So... <laughs> You say, look, um, my husband is not treating me right, so I'm not going to um, have sex with him. Satan, uh, then Satan comes, very good. Take one of these books. You know, the enemy has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So anytime you let him in, he must take something. He will take something in that your marriage. Then you say, ah, oh, my wife, she's so this, she's lazy, she's this. Then you begin to abuse her, abuse her, abuse her. And you begin to keep malice. You say, Satan, come. He will take another part of the marriage. Then you say that, look, I've had it. I'm not sleeping in the same room as my wife. I'm not sleeping in the same room as my husband. Satan will come. Collect. Then you say, okay. Um, I have a friend at work. She's just a friend. It's nothing. Um, whatever. You're talking to her late at night. Satan, come in. Pick another one. Yeah, because the Bible says that there's a level that your emotions get to. That you are letting in the enemy. And it keeps taking, keep taking. Every time. You, you have logic. Logical reasons why you are doing what you are doing. But you don't know this is what is happening to your marriage. That less, I'm not attracted to her again because she doesn't respect me. Keep on picking, picking. Pick it now. You are not Satan, clearly. Satan will grab everything that he can grab. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And then what do we see? There is no marriage again. Even the people in the marriage, sometimes they are shocked. How did we get here? It's because every time those things that you think it's not a big deal look if your husband if you if there's a situation where you don't want to sleep with in fact there should be no situation where you don't want to sleep with your spouse on the bed so please if you are doing that just stop it you are letting in satan the only time that you can do that is maybe one person snores too much i won't call the person that usually snores too much but you know what i mean so you can now, and even if you are going to do that, you cannot say, oh, it's not too much. I'm walking out. I'm going to sleep outside. No, you have a conversation. You say, oh, you know, you've been snoring a bit loud. And then it affects me. I'm not able to sleep. Is he okay? I will sleep outside. Don't worry. I'll always come back in. And then you can have that. It's not like you're hurting the person. We hurt each other. Anyhow. Look. Never use abusive language to your spouse. If you are doing it, stop. I've been married to my husband for how long? 15, Abby, is he 17 now? Years. He has never, never said anything abusive to me. I'm not joking. Never. Neither have I. I don't, when we're arguing, I don't go saying that eh, it's because you are not using your head. Ah! So guess what? If we're not even using abusive, how will he enter divorce? What, which road will we get to? Divorce. It is from doing those little things. Divorce is over there. You keep doing them. Keep doing them. Before you know it, you are here. Why would people get divorced after seven years? After 18 years, it's because they were eroding the marriage with all those crazy things we do. Stop crossing boundaries. God is giving you the solution to what is causing problems in your marriage. I pray that you will take it. I pray you will take it. The same way sin destroys the harvest, Pity always says that. 
That's the same way crossing boundaries destroys your marriage. It will destroy it. You won't find it again. And thirdly, under the same, is that we forget that we have authority over the enemy. When the enemy, at the end of the day, the enemy is coming against your marriage. He knows that where husband and wife, they come together, they agree on a matter. He knows that there is power there. He knows they can practically do anything. If they truly agree, oh, and he doesn't want that. He knows that if he can cause discord, it will even affect your children. Do you know how many children are affected? Some children say they don't want to marry because it's just too much. They don't know who. Should we follow daddy? Should we follow mommy? And they're thinking, I'd rather not do this. And the, way to, the best way to build a nation is to build a family. You start, if you're, you know what? You know, we teach our children all these lovely, nice things now. Make sure you give them leadership skills. Yes. If, if we, all of us, were training our children to be leaders, true leaders, Nigeria would be better. True leaders. Leaders that understand that I need to serve. So while you're doing those classes, give them leadership classes. We have authority over the enemy. That's another revelation I have recently. That the enemy might have power, but I have authority over that power. I can tell him, put that power down. And I'm going to do that here today. Because God did not call me only to come and be explaining things to you. God called me to be able to speak to your situation. To be able to say that enough is enough. To be able to set you free. The Bible says that how Jesus Christ... Or how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he went about what? Doing good. He said that he was healing all those who are what? Oppressed of the enemy. It's oppression. When the enemy thinks he has a hold on your marriage, he has a hold on you, you think you're never going to get married. It's oppression. And we will speak over it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, you can visit our website, joshuaville.org or myjoshuaville on Instagram. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thank you once again for joining us. God bless you.